everyone. It's Pastor Ed from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the word. Thy kingdom come. Talking about the kingdom of God. Jesus said to pray that. This is how you pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. We usually call that the Lord's Prayer, but That is just basically an outline of how we are to pray. But he said, we are to pray that your kingdom come, uh, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's that's what we're wanting, God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. In heaven, there's no division. In heaven, there's no uh, racial division, political division, economic division. There's none of that. There's no hatred, divisiveness. There's no pain. There's no sorrow. There's no sickness. There's none of that. And through the kingdom of God... We have the covenants, the covenants that we are people to bring peace and to bring the kingdom of God. There's even power through the Holy Spirit to heal, to deliver, to set free. That's power through the Holy Spirit, all working in the kingdom of God. And so when Jesus came, they thought he was bringing in another government. He was going to bring a policy. But we learned last week that policy don't fix everything. A policy can't fix our marriage. A policy can't fix America. A policy can't heal you. The only thing that can is a transformation by the Spirit of God inside of you and inside of me. That's it. So he said the kingdom of God is not going to be something that you drive to. By the way, this building is an embassy. I can't wait to get to the citizens of the kingdom. This is just an embassy. Look at the person next to you and say, you're an ambassador. You're an ambassador. But a lot of us has forsaken the embassy and become a citizen of the country that we're supposed to be a foreign and a pilgrim person into. Y'all can't handle that. I'm telling you. Correction. The kingdom of God has to correct. I mean, we have to align ourselves with what God says. John chapter 3 This is one of the most important messages, I say that every week, that I've ever preached. (laughs) Someone said, Pastor Ed, if you ever wrote a book, you would write another book talking about that book. (laughs) But today we're going to talk about entering into the kingdom. And uh, John chapter 3, very famous story. Jesus is sitting down talking with a uh, verse 1. There was a man of of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. A ruler of the Jews. Remember we learned about the Pharisees last week. These are people that were given God's word, but they began to make an idol out of their Jewish heritage. And it became more about being a Jew than it was about being a member of the kingdom. We, we, we talked about that. This is one of them. They weren't all bad. There, there were some that, like this guy, wanted to know the truth. And so verse 2, this man came to Jesus, but he came by night. And uh, we have an old saying in the church called Nick, Nick at night. Okay, I just had to say that. Amen. Nick at night. All right. Nicodemus. Anyways, came and he said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs, just a little bit down, that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered, and this is so important, one of the most important verses in all the Bible. He says, most assuredly I say to you, unless a person you is born again you cannot see the kingdom of God can't even see it Nicodemus said to him how can a man be born when he is old can he re-enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born Jesus said most assuredly I say to you unless you are born of water and of the spirit everybody say spirit 
Water here, let me just give a little doctrinal teaching. Water is always symbolic to the Holy Spirit. It's, uh, fire is also a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And in the Jewish culture in this time, they understood water is about purifying. It's about washing. And so he's using that being symbolic that you need to be washed by the water of Jesus Christ. Also, it can refer to baptism. But later, Jesus teaches in the word of God in 2 Peter that water baptism doesn't save us. The only thing that saves us is the Spirit of God. So I want you to don't get stuck on that. And so here he says, you must be born of the Spirit to enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do you marvel or do you not understand what I said to you that you must be born again? And you may be here listening to me or watching online saying, no, I don't really understand that. Well, this is a perfect message for you. He gives an illustration. He says, you see the wind. The wind blows where it wishes. And you just hear the sound of it, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. It's a born-again thing. Tell someone it's a born-again thing. Put that in the chat today. It's a born-again thing. I titled this message today, The Message or the Gospel of the Kingdom. And in Mark, if you're taking notes, Mark chapter 1, verse 14 says, it's on the screen. Now, after John was put into prison, Jesus came to Galilee. He's coming out of Nazareth. Everybody say Nazareth. And he's preaching the gospel of the kingdom. This is the gospel of the kingdom, the message of the kingdom. What's the message of the kingdom? Right here. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Everybody say, repent and believe the gospel. Thank you, Father, for your word. May the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth be pleasing unto you, I pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Go ahead and be seated today. What is the message? If you, if you are, have a business, a company, you got to have a, a, a mission a, a, or a, a mission statement, a message. So what's the main thing, Eddie? Uh, The the Bible is so big and full of all kinds of spiritual truths. What's the main thought? What's the starting point? This, This right here, that you must be born again. You must be born into this kingdom of God to become a citizen, a natural born citizen. Correct way would be saying a supernatural born citizen. How do you do that? By repenting. And believing in Jesus Christ. We will break that down in just a few minutes. What is the kingdom of God? I remind you from last week. It refers to the spiritual reality available to each person that receives Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Spiritual reality. You have a physical reality, but there is a spiritual reality. And when you become a Christian, a king's kid, a kingdom kid, you realize that the spiritual reality is greater than your physical reality. Remember the prophet in the Old Testament, he was surrounded by the enemy and his servant went outside and he looked and he saw the enemy around him and he came back in and he said, Master, we are surrounded by the enemy. And the master wasn't, Elijah wasn't, uh, Elisha wasn't upset at all. He said, don't worry about it. Those that are with us are greater than those that are against us. And the servant said, what are you talking about? I can physically see my physical reality is that I am surrounded by an enemy. My physical reality is a diagnosis from the doctor. My physical reality is my marriage isn't doing so well. My physical reality is I lost my business. My physical reality is my life is falling apart. 
But the prophet says, I belong to something greater than your physical reality. It's called a spiritual reality because I'm a king's kid. And then he said, oh, Lord, please open his eyes so he can see. And that's my prayer. Open your eyes. See, you can't even see the things of the kingdom of God, Jesus said, unless you are born again. So the man goes outside and he looks and he still sees the enemy. Now, I'm not denying that your physical reality is scary. Your phys- God never says deny the fact that our America is divided and just all kind of crazy stuff is happening. I don't deny that. It is happening. But I'm here to tell you that there is a greater reality. There is a greater reality. And the armies of God were surrounding those enemies on the hills behind them. When you belong to the kingdom of God, you're able to see the spiritual reality. But we must, as king's kids, be able to take the knowledge and the information that God's given us in the kingdom and let it be demonstrated into the streets and communities of our nation. How does he do that? By an angel? No, by you. Tell the person next to you, he's talking to you. How do you get this reality? It's available to each person. It's available to each person, those who that receives Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And we really honed down on that last week. So Jesus would teach about this kingdom. He would teach about it all the time in his parables. He would talk about, remember, the kingdom of God is like, that's what he would say, the kingdom of God is like treasure hidden in a field that a man went and discovered Which, by the way, discovering the truth is what will set you free. This man discovered treasure hidden in the field, so he was looking for it. And once he saw the treasure, watch, he went and sold all that he had so he can buy that field. What is that? It's simply saying the things about God, if you are seeking it, when you discover how good God is, when you discover how blessed the Christian life is, you get all of this and heaven too. When you really discover how good it is, nothing on this earth will get in your way. You're able to sell all you have to get the kingdom of God. So you can buy the kingdom of God? No, 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 it's a parable. Again, he said the kingdom of God is like a woman who takes yeast and puts it in flour. And it puts the flour into a bin and puts the lid on it. And overnight, it grows and works its way through all of the leaven, all of the uh, flour. What's he saying? The kingdom of God starts off small in all of us. And you don't even know how it works. You don't even know how it happens. But it begins to grow and affect every area of your life. The kingdom of God is like a, f- a fishnet thrown out into the sea. And it, p- and it brings in a bunch of fish. He keeps the good and throws the bad out. That's those in the kingdom of God that's interested in the things of Jesus and the things of God. And they come and they listen. But when you really start talking about carrying a cross, you really start talking about impacting your community and living the life, we begin to kind of bail out. We disqualify ourselves. You see, all of these teachings are right there in Jesus' parables. You know them. You read them. Hopefully. I know you do. We read them, right? There were people that just didn't see what Jesus was saying, though. And you just ain't going to get it. Many just thought, I didn't. I didn't understand 
my mom and dad living for God and the way they sold their life, sold out for God and just everything was about the kingdom of God. The, the uh, boundaries they set in their life and, and, and walking in integrity. I wanted the integrity and the reputation and the character and I wanted the blessing. And, and I remember dad's church, we, we ministered in the inner city of Ecorse and man, it's tough and, you know, struggle all the time. And we had tamale dinners just to pay the bills sometimes, right? I mean, it, it was really rough, but I also noticed that the people in that church were blessed. They were always just, they weren't rich, but they were, their needs were taken care of. And I, I, I couldn't see, like, how, how does that work? And that's what Jesus is saying here. You can't even see the things of God. You, you people don't understand why we live for God. Some of the things that you do, the standards that you set, the boundaries that you do put, the, uh, the way you live your life, the way you look at things, the way you, you imitate Christ. I mean, some people, it's foreign to them. And like I said, it was foreign to me at one time. The older I got, the more foreign the things of God became. I'm kind of going to believe in God, yeah, but man, why do you do that? I, you, know, how, you know, why do you do that? And it, you have to just, it's kind of like being a parent. You ever try to talk about being a parent to someone who don't have kids? You ever just try to explain to them, man, this is, man, I can't tell you how much I love that kid. And, 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 and you know, uh, it could be a child, a grandkid, uh, a child that you've adopted as your own. And, and, and I mean, once you have a, a baby and a child, you just, you bring them into your family. You can't explain it. You just try to tell people how much you would, you would give anything to, to protect them and, and you love them. And when I was a kid growing up, teenage years especially, I, I hated kids. I did not like children. They were noisy and smelly and needed to stay over there. And I, I, I was all about what I was going to eat, my food, my money, and my time. That was my life. Come on. That was it. Me, myself, and I. Come on. Hey. That was me. That was my life. And, and you know, I would see people with kids, and I'd be like, man, why, why do you do all that, you know? And, and, and put the kids first. I mean, they're noisy. Get them out of here. But how many know everything changed on October 30th, 1992, when a little baby girl named Felicia Chantel Markham, eight pounds, two ounces, at Oakwood Hospital, came in this world after three days of labor. <laughs> no, I will <love. laughs> talk about labor in just a moment. When the baby was born, I was like, oh, oh. And as my daughter began to grow, God's got a sense of humor. He gave me another daughter. <laughs> but as them girls begin to grow, man, I, don't, I, I realized there was a shift in my priorities. Come on. There was a shift in the things I wanted. I, I, I would go without. My Linda and I both, I watched. I mean, we put to make sure the kids, I don't care if I'm eating a ribeye steak. If my baby wanted a bite and she's hungry, I'll make sure she got her a bite. A little bite, but she can have a bite. You, 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 just, you just pay attention to your kids. You're, you're t paying attention to what they're watching on TV. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. What did he just say? You're washing dishes, but you got the TV up loud. Why? Because you want to make sure what is being taught to your kid. Why? Because there's been a birth that has happened in your life that has changed and shifted your priority. I'm telling you it's the same thing with the things of God. There has to be a birth that takes place spiritually. Come on, somebody. Has to be a birth take place.
place, then all of a sudden you begin to set standards in your life. All of a sudden you begin to look at people differently. You don't judge by the way they look, by the way they come from, by the way they carry themselves. You, you wonder about their soul. You start reaching out to your loved ones and your family because you want to make sure they know Christ. And what's happening? There's been a birth that took place. And now you see why certain you know, music, and you start paying attention to lyrics, and you start paying attention to stuff. What's happening? You're spiritually awakened. There's been a birth. Someone say there's been a birth. That's what Jesus is saying. But unless that happens, until that happens, you just don't see it, Jesus says. You just, it just is very hard to try to explain what it is. And so we got this saying as parents, don't we? When you try to talk to other people that don't have kids, we have this saying, you'll see. When you have kids one day, right? I'm here to tell you, Jesus is teaching the kingdom of God, and he's saying to Nicodemus, you'll see, you'll see when you're born, when there's a birth that takes place in your spirit. And so it all begins with this message right here today, this service where he talks about being born into his kingdom. But I want to just, if you notice, we're in chapter 3 before this message comes out. Before the most important message that Jesus would give, it takes three chapters in John, 15 verses in Mark, four chapters in Luke. Why is it? Because I believe just as the body has to prepare to give birth, right, ladies? The closer you get to that birth, your body begins to change, right? Your appetites begin to change. Your body is getting ready. I remember being in labor for real. Melinda was in labor for a long time with both our daughters. And they would come in and out of the room and check and see, are you dilated? Is your body, what, what's, what is that all about? The body has to prepare itself to give birth. And I'm telling you, this is what I really wanted to focus in today because I believe some of you are right here. Likewise, God prepares us to be born again. There was a man, before we're introduced to Jesus Christ, who had one ministry to prepare the people to be born again. His name was John, John the Baptist. Not because he was a part of the Southern Baptist Convention, but because he would baptize people. Jesus called him the greatest prophet born among women. What's interesting is he never did one miracle. He never operated in any of the gifts of the Spirit. He was not Pentecostal, what we would think. He'd be, but he was filled with the Holy Spirit from a baby's womb from when he was a child. But the Holy Spirit, again, is not to overpower us and put us in some kind of a trance where we're totally not making a difference. The Holy Spirit empowers us to make a difference. And that's what John did. John came preparing the people to hear the message. Many of you are in that time right now. You're in that. If you look back at everyone's life that's here and listening and watching and you've been born again, I'm sure you can go back to your life and say, yeah, this is, this is the time right before I gave my life to Jesus. There was a season of stuff happening in your life. Come on, I want to take you back. Some of you, it wasn't that long ago. Others of you, it's way, way back. Might have been a friend, a co-worker, a neighbor, a family member. 
Some, the Bible says that he only needs one in the family. And he'll take the whole family and get the whole family saved. He just, some of you are that one family. Some of you are the only ones that's watching service today. Some of you may be the only one in your whole family that's in church today. What am I telling you? God's preparing. Even Jesus was prepared to give his message. He had to go through a season of preparation. We call it Nazareth. We call it Nazareth. Everybody say Nazareth. Why did Jesus wait till he was 30 years old before he delivered that message? Well, one, to fulfill scripture. Because the Bible says a priest would not begin his ministry until the age of 30. But during those 30 years, Jesus lived in a little town called Nazareth. Nazareth. They had a saying in the Bible times that said like this, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nazareth was that town that was obscure. It was, it was unclear. It was remote. It was off the beaten path. It never had anything good come out of it. It was just this little place. Maybe you're in a season of life right now or you got something going on in your life and you ask yourself, can anything good come out of this? Let me minister this to you for a moment. Can anything good come out of this diagnosis? Hear me. Can anything good come out of this divorce? Can anything good come out of this situation? Can anything good come out of 2020? In fact, if I would ask you to write this down, life would be great if it wasn't for blank. What would you put in that blank? I thought about doing a series, Steve, called Church Would Be Awesome If It Wasn't For Blank. Some of you are putting names in that blank right now. I know, y'all. Just look straight ahead. Church would be awesome if it wasn't for, life would be great if it wasn't for, come on, do you, got a, you got something in the blank? Is there something? Come on, the Holy Spirit's helping you right now. Some of you got a long blank. How many commas can I get, Pastor Eddie? Life would be great if it wasn't for, after reading the scripture, let me tell you that sometimes, God allows that very thing that we put in the blank to grow us and to prepare us for the work he has called us to do. I'll help you with that one. Nazareth was obscure. Nazareth was uncle unclear. Nazareth was nothing good comes out of it. This is like, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can, can anything good come out of this? And, and I'm telling you, something did come out of it. And when he did come out of it and walked on the side of the beach, John said, hey, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. They go, where'd he come from? Where'd he come from? He come from Lazarus. And can I tell you, if we don't get stuck in Nazareth, if we will allow the Holy Spirit to bring us out of Nazareth, it could be the greatest transformation and ministry you've ever seen in your life. What if Jesus said, no, 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 I'm, I'm content being in, in Nazareth. I'm, I'm content being here. When we were in Israel, we went and looked at it. It ain't much to look at. It's a little town, a little farming town. It was so cool to walk in those steps and know Jesus played and walked and lived here and grew up in this city. But Jesus said, no, I, I can't stay here. And he set his face toward Jerusalem. They said, why? He said, because I got to be about my father's business, kingdom. And can I tell you, if you're stuck in Nazareth right now, before I go any further, God's with you in your Nazareth. Because while, while Jesus was making a table with his father, 
There was a person out front that needed to be healed. There was a leper. There was a blind man. You don't think there were no, none until Jesus showed up? Oh, no, 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 they were there. The woman at, at Samaria at the well, yep, she was probably on husband number three. Problems are there. Problems are there. Maybe you were in Nazareth and you're going, where is God? Where is God right now in my Nazareth? He's right there with you. He says, even when you don't see I'm working, I'm working. Even when you don't think I'm working, I'm working. Jesus, I need you to finish this table. I know you're 28. You don't know it, but two more years is when you're going to get the call. You don't know. Just keep on right here. But there's going to come a day, and finally that day came. And I believe the Holy Spirit came, said Jesus woke up bright and early that morning and said, Hey, it's time to leave Nazareth. It's time for me to go about my father's business. Hear me. And here he came. And he left Nazareth, and he went and began to minister. This, 20, this 2020 is a year, like what good can come out of it? It's a lot of good that can come out of it. We finished this building a year ago. This time, we were having dumpsters out there and getting people lined up. And we were, I said this the other day, we had people still working all week, man. Guys, you're so awesome coming here, running wire and getting cell phone tower put up there and our Wi-Fi and this and this set and our rooms, our offices are all almost totally complete. Carpet goes in Monday and we're sitting here and we're working, but we went from everybody being here cooking meals. Remember that? How many cooked meals during the renovation? Amen. Thank you. We went from working every day, being here together and just working and building and having a vision. Yeah, God's going to do this to all of a sudden grand opening. Yeah, I had a snowstorm, but we still did it. Remember that? Had city officials here, everybody's all excited, and then boom. It's like a bowling alley, which opened in two weeks. Went rolling. <laughs> Just poof. Steve and I come in here, eight of us. We were only supposed to have whatever, but we're, we came anyway. And, it, and thank God we had all the equipment purchased. God knew all of that. COVID hit. And you know what we've been doing during this season? We've been preparing. We've been planning. We've been reshifting, changing some things, getting some policies in place, getting this building finished. And we're ready. This has been a season of preparation, absolutely. And I believe, man, these days what God has called us to do is going to be amazing. But just as Jesus was prepared to give the gospel, you and I go through a season of being prepared to receive and get born again. No one ever wakes up one day and goes, man, I'm, I'm going to give my heart, give my whole heart to Jesus today. I'm going to surrender everything. Nobody does that. In fact, the scripture says this in John. He says, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. The word draw is the Greek word halku. It means to draw by inward power, to compel. It's this drawing that has to happen. Man, I want to really just stay here for a moment. Some of you are in that drawing. During 2020, you've been, been drawing, getting drawn to the things of God. People say, Pastor Eddie, is this the last days? I tell you what, if this is not the big one, this ain't the big one, Elizabeth. Y'all remember Sanford and Son? This is the big one. Okay. If, if, and sometimes on our way to church, I'm looking up in the sky like, Jesus, you're about to come. I mean, it's like... I believe this is it. 
If this is not, you know what this is? This is the final dress rehearsal. I really believe it. As a pastor, I do weddings. When I do weddings, you always have a dress rehearsal. In the dress rehearsal, you always line people you know, up the night before the big day. And you do exactly, you go over the song, you go over the cues, you go over where people stand, you go over all of the ceremony, I mean everything. And then you run right through it, right before the big day. I believe that's it. I mean, I, I wrote some of this stuff down. If you remember this year what has happened, you talk about signs in the heavens and the moon and the sun. The last seven years, we had the four blood moons that all were on Jewish holidays. And this past year, it's been so bizarre with, with all of this. You had a global pandemic that, that shut down the whole world. You think about this. You had, you had, a, um, you had almost a, a crash in our economy. We almost went to a cashless society for a minute there. You see, I know it was a coin shortage. But see, you read this stuff in the Bible when the Bible predicts it. And, it, you know, and you look at it and you go, man, that's not going to happen. I mean, how, how can that really happen? You know, how, how can there be, our economy's too strong. I mean, that ain't going to happen. You ain't going to shut the whole world down. And, and, and it's like all this stuff happened. There was talks about a chip. Did you guys see that on the news back in June to insert a chip? So it would detect if you had a fever. It's a good, it's a kind of a, makes sense to see if you had, had the virus. And you're like, whoa, I never thought of that. You had an economic crash that almost happened, uh, almost a collapse of law and order, so a new system would emerge. You have a historic peace deal that took place in the Middle East. I mean, I'm not saying that that's the, the right one, but it's almost like God has laid all of this out in 2020 just to say, hey, I just want you to see how it can happen, just as it's written in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Revelation. I, I just want you to see that it can happen just like the Bible says it can happen. And some are like, I can't see it. can't see it. We're in a season of preparation. God is preparing. I remember when my dad got saved, he was in a season of preparation. We were just talking about this the other day. Mom got saved and first, and my dad just wouldn't do it. Mom went to church, and they got some cloths, and they cut up some cloths. And the preacher prayed over them cloths and said, go put these cloths all around your husband. And believe, and God's going to save them. Now, this no, no, it's not no hocus-pocus magic thing there. It's an act of faith. Paul did it in the book of Acts. It's just an act of faith. If your faith is in something, God's going to honor it. In giving, in working, in serving. Everyone that painted and worked and still painting and working, I'm telling you, you did it with your faith, and God will reward you for that. If it's done in faith, Right? My mom put those little pieces of handkerchiefs in his shoes under his pillow, put it everywhere. Might have even put them in the paint. I don't know. Put him everywhere. A little while later, my dad was out with his boys. He's out there partying, and the Holy Spirit began to draw my dad. <laughs> what was he? He's in a season of preparation. He looked over, and his buddy was puking behind a tree. <laughs> Isn't this fun? <laughs> And all of a sudden, my dad never even read this scripture in his life. The Holy Spirit said, just like a dog returns to the vomit. And the pig returns to the mud hole, so has the sinner returned to his sin. Yeah. 
My dad's sitting. That's what my dad did. Whoa. He looked. He lifted up the back tail of his truck. He said, John, I know this has been a great night. Probably can't wait to do it again next weekend. He said, but I'm, I'm going home. Daddy walked in, and me and my older brother were there, and he picked us boys up, six and eight. Daddy said, you got your daddy back. He said, things are going to be different in this house. On weekends, instead of not seeing me until Monday, because I got that big check from Ford Motor Company, I'd be gone, gambling, drinking, partying, wrecking cars. He said, we're going to start going to church, family. Some of his friends were like, oh, Dad, what are you doing, Paul? They couldn't see it. But my dad had a birth. He had a friend. I knew him. I hung out with his son. Me and his son was best friends. His name was Bruce. Maybe he's watching. His wife got saved. His family got saved. But Bruce would tell my dad, Paul, I, I just can't believe. Isn't that what he said? He would say, Paul, I just can't believe. I want to believe. I, I just... I just just can't see it. Dad would preach to him, pray, hey man, God just wants to come in your life. Just surrender your life to him. He'll change your life forever. And one day, Bruce, his car broke down, southwest Detroit, right on Springwells. He's, God's dealing with He's in a season of preparation. And he goes, okay, God, if you're real, then have someone pull up next to me and help fix my car and tell me about you. Soon as he said that, this car pulled up right next to him. True story. Rolled the window down. and said, hey, man, you need a hand with your car? Well, absolutely, I do. The guy pulled all the way around his car, pulled around, got out and said, oh, oh man, I, this is just your battery cable here. By the way, do you know Jesus Christ has a plan for your life? <laughs> Bruce and Yvonne have been serving the Lord for they're still to this day sold out believers. Season of preparation. Season of preparation. For Nicodemus, he would come at night. Some of you may be watching on the website. You're really not ready to come to the building yet, but God's dealing with you. You look around what's going on in 2020. You look around what's happening. God's been dealing with you. Maybe you, you've been watching the services, and he's been speaking. Maybe you've got a friend in your life, and they've got saved, and, and you're watching, but you're like Nicodemus. You ain't ready to come out publicly yet. You're kind of sneaking around at night. Oh, that's okay, and you're watching online. But I'm here to tell you that that's okay. God wants you to know. He sees you. You're in a season of preparation. And he's drawing you, and he's drawing all of us closer to him during this year. Some of you are sneaking and looking. And he's saying, now, now's the time. But it was the goodness of God that Nicodemus saw in Jesus. It was the miracles. He was like, man, I can't deny that. It was the goodness of God. I'm just sharing these stories today just to minister to you. When I got saved, it was the goodness of God that drew me. Running around out there. You guys know my story. I won't tell it all, but I'm just, I remember that time. It's right around this time of year. God's been dealing with me for two years. Everywhere I've looked, I seem to just see Jesus. I remember we rented the Mike Tyson Holyfield fight. Mike Tyson, he was so bad, you know. He was my guy. I always do that. I know. He was my, back in the day, Tyson was out cold, y'all. I'm telling you. And we went rented the fight. Holyfield beat him. 
grabbed my ear. I don't know why, but I just remembered. <laughs> We're sitting at my boy's house, rented a fight, partying, hanging out. Holyfield gets up to the microphone. He puts on a big old hat, says, Jesus. Everybody didn't even pay attention. But I'm in a season of preparation. And through the smoke, through the music, through the everything else, the Holy Spirit said, hey, Eddie, I see you, man. Come on. Come on, it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. A week later, coming out of another house, and there was Pastor Johnny Sands moving in his daughter across the street of his house. I looked, saw him. He looked at me, saw me. I said, whoa. He goes, hey, Eddie, you know Jesus loves you. He's got a plan for your life, man. You know, if you would just give your life to Jesus, he could change your life forever. I mean, everywhere I went, God was doing that. God began to work in my life. So we had a, another friend, David Decker's mom and dad, opened a church in Lincoln Park. And David called me. He said, Eddie, you need to come to church. I'm right down the street from you. He must have knew. See, God knows. He'll bring people into your life when he's dealing with you. You just run into people and you're like, whoa, that's God. And I said, well, I'm not really ready to come. He said, can I come pick up your daughters and bring them? Terry would love to have them. I said, come go, go get them. Every Sunday morning, Dave Decker would pull up in front of my house and get Felicia and Miranda off the church we go. Me and, Miranda, me and Melinda had a babysitter. We were like, yeah, what do you want to do? I don't know, it's Sunday morning. <laughs> Clean the yard. Give me a little beer out. Turn my music up. Give me a little smoke, whatever. Did my thing. Felicia and Miranda would come home. Over time, they begin to sing these songs. With Jesus in the family, happy, happy home, happy, happy home, happy, happy home. And when me and Melinda would be fighting, it's, a, it's like right on time. They would say, with the devil in the family, fussy, fussy home, fussy, fussy home. True story, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. 25 years old, Melinda's 21 years old, we're young, but we're in a season of preparation. And God worked all of that together. I got into a very serious altercation with our finest police and was going to be really in big trouble. And that was the last straw. I began to just think about God and think, okay, Lord, what was happening? The season of preparation. God was saying, ain't you tired of that? Ain't you tired of the same old cycle running around out there? Ain't you tired? Come on home. Come on home. Come on home. I began to see the blessing of God on my little brother's life. He was only 17 at the time, but he had more joy and more going for him than I did at 25. I had a job. I had money. But, man, I had also everything else going wrong in my life. No peace, no joy, mad at everybody, tore up on the inside. Maybe some of you are like that. Maybe some of you are Christians are feeling that way. I'm telling you, it's because you've lost your focus on the kingdom of God. Because the Bible says the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And if you don't have that righteousness, peace, and joy, then you, something's wrong. Maybe you're clogged up. How do you get it? Two things, and I'm closing. Repent and believe. That's it. Please listen to this, man. How do you get into heaven? How do you go to heaven? The most important question in the world. How do you go to heaven? You must be born again. I don't know if you're raised Catholic, 
raised Methodist, Assembly of God. You could come here every Sunday. But Jesus made it plain. I ain't going to change it. You must be born again. You got to be born again. You got to have that awakening in you. That birth, that new birth. How do you do that? Repent and believe. What is repent? Repent simply means to change or to think differently. To think differently. To think differently. Have you had that shift in your mentality? I'm going to rethink this life I'm living. Man, my life, I was 25 years old. I was tired of the legal system. I was tired of it. Some of you, you're tired. Right now, you're just looking around. you got all these problems going around in our world today. I'm just coming to you today, preaching the gospel of the kingdom to you today. Telling you it don't have to be this way. You can have the peace and the joy and believe. How simple is that? Simply means to be persuaded. I'm trying to persuade you today. Telling you these stories and what's going on. I'm trying to persuade you today. For some of you, I'm trying to remind you of those early days of when you got saved. But some of you might be stuck in Nazareth and you've lost your joy. You've lost your peace and you've lost your hope. I'm here to tell you that that's a season of preparation. Come out of it. God wants to use your Nazareth to minister to your Galilee. Believe. Last scripture, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me except through me. No one goes to heaven. There's no other way. There's no other way but through Jesus Christ. If you're watching today and you may have different kinds of religions and different kind of worldviews and you may be very political and very all of these things, there's a place for all of that. But I'm telling you, in order to enter into the kingdom of God, in order to go to heaven, you must be born again. And in order to do that, you repent of your sins. I'm, I'm, I'm tired with this, God. Forgive me of these sins. I'm turning away from them. Repentance means you're going this way, but you turn and you go this way. November the 5th, 1997, driving my truck, let's all stand, driving my truck to Grand Rapids, I prayed that prayer with a whole load of alcohol going to the bars and the clubs of Grand Rapids. That's when I got saved. And I simply just said, Jesus, I'm, I'm going to give you my life. I don't know if I can serve you. I'm not sure if I'm going to even tell everybody. I was still kind of Nicodemus at night. I really didn't know if everybody, I'm ready to tell everybody, but, but I, I'm, I'm going to give you my life. And, and I don't know if I can live for you, but I, I, I believe. And I can't explain it. I, the only feeling I really had was that I felt safe. I felt safe. Felt safe. Isn't that a good word to hear right now? Safe. Ephesians 2 said it is for by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. You don't earn it. We don't go to church to become a Christian. We go to church because we are a Christian. Just like you get married. You know, getting married doesn't make you love your spouse. You love your spouse and going to be with her for eternity. So you get married. It's... That's what it is. Being born again says, tired of living the life the way I'm living. I'm tired of being on the throne myself. I'm coming off the throne and I'm putting you on the throne, Jesus. And be born again. I wonder if anyone here in this building or watching needs to be born again. It's a great experience, but it's just the beginning. The kingdom of God will come into your life. And it will begin to change you and work its way like that dough. It will work its way through every area of your life. 
got to let it happen. Is there going to be some struggle, some tension? Oh, yeah. For me, it was about every weekend that I had to make a decision. I want the kingdom of God or I want the kingdom of this world. And as I begin to make more decisions toward the kingdom of God, guess what? The kingdom of God began to grow more and more in my life. It began to blossom in my life. I got four raises at my work in the last quarter of the year. I got a reputation now. I had the, the bailiff guy at Ecorse Police that would always lock me in jail. He saw me one time, like two years, about a year and a half later at Sears in Lincoln Park. He ran, he said, he kept staring at me. I didn't recognize him in his uniform. He come running up to me. He goes, Eddie? And I go, yeah, hey. He goes, where you been? <laughs> Seriously. I said, man, I, I got saved. He goes, oh. Tears got in his eyes. He said, man, will you pray for my son? I didn't even know he had a son. We never even talked about that. He brought me a hamburger from Carter's. That was it. Yeah, you're going to really mess up this time, Eddie. You got Judge Schuingen up there, man. This is your third time this month. That's all the conversations we ever had. But he's standing in Sears, grabbing me by my hands, tears in his eyes, asking me, this little hoodlum from Ecorse, to pray for his family. Why? He saw the kingdom of God in my life. He goes, I don't know what it is, but I want it. I want my son to have it. I want my wife to have it. I want my neighbor to have it. I want America to have it. I want everybody to have it. It's the kingdom. It's the kingdom. It's all it is. It's the kingdom of God. How do I get it? Come on, close your eyes. Pray this with me. It's at hand. Remember, it's that close. Some of you, it's right there at your hand. You're getting ready to bring it in by repenting and believing. Repentant of my sin, you just simply ask God to forgive you, wash you clean, make you whole again. If you're ready to do that, we're going to ask God to forgive us. We're going to get rid of that, make a decision, change your thinking, change. I went home, just look at me one more time. I went home after that prayer in Grand Rapids. Every night I'd go to my hotel, I'd get me a six-pack or a couple 40s. That's exactly what I would do. I'd flip on the TV and I'd drink myself to bed. That's exactly how my life would go every single week. But on November the 5th, 1997, I had a whole truck full of liquor and alcohol. I went and got me a Domino's pizza and a raspberry iced tea. Went into my living room, turned or into the hotel, flipped on and found some Christian TV. This old guy named Shambach. I can't do Shambach. Didn't know half what he was saying, but I said, I need more of this. Haven't drunk, done drugs, I'm telling you, in 23 years. How do you explain that? <laughs> the kingdom of God. Have you struggled? You've been tempted? Oh, man, that's another whole message for another whole week. Not perfect? Oh, man, I'm not. Ask Melinda. But I got the kingdom now. Got the kingdom. Got one of my best friends from high school right here. Praying for him forever. He's here. Kingdom, 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 kingdom. Come on, you're watching. You're ready to pray? Say, Heavenly Father, I have sinned. I am a sinner. I need to be born again. Today, I repent. Change my thinking. I want you. I want your kingdom. I need you in my life. I believe in you. From this day forward, 
I make you my Lord. Come on, I make you my Lord. In Jesus' name. Now, come on, just lift your hands to him right now. And let the Holy Spirit just come over you. Let the Holy Spirit just come over you right now. If you're watching, wherever you're watching, the Holy Spirit, I don't care if it's a Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday, the whole, wherever you're watching this, I'm telling you, pray that prayer. By faith, you're getting born again. There's births happening right now. Births happening right now. There's births happening in Lincoln Park. There's births happening right now in Toledo. I feel it in the name of Jesus. There's births that's taking place in Jesus' name all over the place. Right here in this gymnasium, there's births happening in your spirit. Born again. Born again. Come on, let it happen. Let it happen. Yield. Yield. Don't, don't hold back. Let him have his way. Holy Ghost, have your way. Holy Ghost, have your way. Come on, you, some of you are stuck in Nazareth. Let the Holy Ghost just come over you with fresh wind, fresh fire. Come on, fresh wind, fresh fire. Bring you out of Nazareth right now. Come on, where are you at? Come on. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, come on, keep praying, keep worshiping. Keep worshiping. Let the Holy Spirit move. Let the Holy Spirit move upon you today. Come on, let Him heal. Let Him heal. Some of you have been hurt by churches. You've been hurt by pastors. You've been hurt by bosses. You've been hurt by husbands. You've been hurt. Holy Spirit's going to heal you in the name of Jesus. I speak healing right now. And for what the enemy meant for evil, it's gonna, God's going to make it for good. It's going to prepare you for your new season. It's going to prepare you for 2021. Preparing you for what he has. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence his promises and all people and you can watch one of our services that way as well so god bless you i pray god's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week amen